This is Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. Welcome to Human V Robot. Today we're going to be talking about will robots take my job. Before that, I'm Andy Vanny and I'm here with my sister Heather Algrimson. Heather, how are you doing this week? Good, I'm doing good. Hey, and if anyone's listening live to these episodes uh, as they come out, Happy New Year. We took a little break over Christmas. Yeah, a little it felt right. little break. It we were planning on recording when we were together, but it just, you know, being home, being with family, it doesn't feel right to like just go off and record stuff. I, I, it it felt right, so it's all good. Yeah, my mind was fully in checked out territory, and I am proud of it. <laughs> yeah. I did not want to re-engage it. I did not want to think deep thoughts or have deep conversations. I wanted to just relax and read a book and eat some snacks, and that's what I did. Cool. Yeah, me too. I, I was not not in the mind space, really, <laughs> for <laughs> for recording, so that's all good. Um, as far as updates, you had a link to something about the Washington Post's uh, year, word of the year. Do you want to elaborate? Oh, no. So this is my own word of the year. Oh. I have like three updates. So sorry if this gets a little lengthy. I'll try to go quickly no through these. So we, you before Christmas had talked about your like the word of the year concept from the Cortex episode where they talked about um, setting yearly themes. Right. I've heard a number of people do that. So I did set a yearly theme, um, which wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I've set the theme of connection. And then my husband asked me, well, do you mean connection like to sort of have more friends? And I, I said, no, not really, like in the sense that I will try to be present in interactions with people, but it's more about like presence may have been another word to come to, you know, to talk about those things. But I was talking about connecting to the thing I'm doing, connecting to the work I'm doing, connecting to the people I'm talking to connecting to the moment, connecting to relaxing, connect, you know, right. in, in the sense of not switching contexts or whatever. So that that's my 2022, and I, I think 2023, wow, it's 2023. <laughs> I, I think looking at the opposite of connection being disconnection is the word that I want to avoid. So I want to avoid being disconnected, checked out, or distracted, right. I guess. Um, in favor of things that are fully present, uh, interactive, and connected. That's interesting to me. I, I I definitely resonate with that. I think it can be so easy uh, to live life in a disconnected way. And I I know a couple of years ago I I had I used the term mindfulness just because that's like a fair, but connection is like. A little more concrete, I think, maybe than mindfulness. It's like something that you can, uh, although it's it is abstract enough that I think you can say, uh, you know, it's a spectrum of like feeling disconnected to feeling connected to what you're doing. Uh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, even when I'm like working out, and then my mind wanders, I think connect. Right. Connect with the moment, the people, the atmosphere the you know the muscles that hurt or whatever connect with your body connect in your mind like just connect now and so I try to bring that word back to me as I'm doing things and when I'm doing a hard task at work that requires a lot of focus and it feels hard yeah (laughs) I just think connect just just really connect to it and and give it the time and energy it deserves and then you can just take a break after so I'm trying to apply that as we go right through the year 
Okay, now this is a fun, okay, so I don't know if you've ever paid any attention to this in and out list from the Washington Post. Personally, I have not. I don't know the list. It's a Yeah, thing. this is brand new to me. I have not seen this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have never seen this before. Um, and it is like just weird. It's like things that are in and things that are out in 2023. And some of them I have no idea what either of the words are. Like, not a clue. Or how they're it's related. In... Uh, it's No, exactly. Uh, like, I... What? Um, the one I got the greatest kick out of, though, was the um, out Twitter. In still Twitter somehow. Which <laughs> okay. <laughs> was amazing. Another one I think I know what they're talking about is out is effective altruism and in is naked greed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, and I don't think they're making any judgment calls here. Okay, the one I 100%, I, the, it's funny, it kind of tells you like what you pay attention to. And I know exactly what this one is talking about. Out is Barbie core and in is sad based toys for sad beige children. And I know exactly what that <laughs> okay. is. It's in like a Instagram or I don't know, maybe she's TikTok too. And she's like, welcome to Werner Herzog's new line of sad beige toys for sad beige children. And she makes fun of people, the aesthetic that's all like, um, very beige and very monocolor and it's like kids toys because like the aesthetic now in kids toys is like not fun and interesting it's like um, like beige blocks okay. or like one company is selling like packaged mud like uh, or like or like kind of clothing for children that looks like grain sacks like it's so sad um, but she's using the like documentary and Werner Herzog's kind of like you know, it's just right. like this cruel, cruel world and everything is sad to to narrate children's toys and clothing. <laughs> um, so it is actually really worth the follow. Um, okay, one that I've picked out here that looks interesting. Okay. Maybe it's a consequence. I see pickleball is out and orthopedic yes. surgery is in. <laughs> is that like a, a direct consequence of people getting injured while doing pick while playing pickleball? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I was like, what? <laughs> like, in what way? Like, we've just given up on exercise and now we're like just getting orthopedic surgery or just too many people were playing <laughs> i don't know i didn't get that one either it's like okay um but apparently flameless candles are out and drippy candles are in um now we're going to blame gen x isn't that you that's me and we're not blaming millennials well i'm a, oh. i'm kind of on the verge of being between gen x and millennial i think oh okay I, i've okay. read a few definitions where i'm definitely in gen x and some where i'm on maybe the start of millennial but yeah okay so we're we're sort of moving on from blaming me to blame exactly yeah okay i'm fine with that it's it's shifting that way (laughs) okay out is italy but in is okay fine italy um Uh anyway just a good good time but in terms of our topic uh ai selfies are out but ai fashion models are in so we talked about ai ceos and my other update that i had which i'll kind of skim over is um ai lawyers arguing cases so you know kind of this embodiment or personification of ai um i guess is maybe in and ai as a model as fashion models is is in for 2023 interesting i I, i'm a little curious about the methodology behind this since it's like uh but yeah that's that's fine here is one that you will appreciate chaos cooking is in oh okay 
what is chaos cookie? I definitely asked that. Yeah. It is just what you would imagine. Like just just throwing things chaotically. chaotically. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I've, I definitely from, from the one, uh, um, recipe I, I did while we were at home, my, uh, butter chicken, I think it was a little probably chaotic compared to most people's, (laughs) but that's kind of how I roll. You know, I, I like, I like to get the essence of a recipe and then just throw whatever I feel like at it. And mostly it turns out pretty good as long as you're like, you know, monitoring it as it goes. I, I, I'm, I like it. <laughs> Apparently, chaos cooking is in from goblin mode. <laughs> okay. Um, which is being unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, greedy. I, I, I think it's just kind of the state of being. So we're not... We're not going to indulge in just abject laziness. We're just going to chaotically cook right. this year. So, who okay. knows? I don't know. Sure. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> anyway, we can leave those behind and tell me about your updates. Actually, I just I just want to open the page on chaos cooking. Okay, I'm going to save that for, <laughs> just for, later. for later. Yeah. Okay, just bookmark, bookmark that, that one. Bookmark that one, because yeah. I want to yeah. check, check out what it's oh, all yeah. about. Give it a go. Like, report back if you do it, yeah. okay? Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, for my update... Uh, like like most times, I want to recommend a podcast. It's uh, Sean Carroll's Mindscape, um, and I think the the holiday message is a great starting point to like get get your feet wet, like see if it's something you like. Because he's a physicist and like uh, practicing one at that, so they can sometimes go very deep and like sometimes way over my head. But I thought the holiday message was really good because it's a little more high level and just like making the argument that um, maybe we should slow down and think things through more <laughs> than we do. Um, and I found it interesting, like from a physicist talking about like the really complex stuff, like the admission basically that we don't have a good foundational knowledge like of why these things work like like they do like we can jump to answers not not we as in me <laughs> we as in the the physicists are you talking the, about like like are you talking about like basic like what education does for us or just like in terms of all human knowledge we just humans are not we don't know stuff the entire human corpus of knowledge hasn't gotten um, there hasn't cracked so, the physical world. So I think he was trying to make the general argument, but I think he was using some of the specifics of like quantum mechanics, the actual like results you get out of it. Like you can get the correct answer without really having the foundational knowledge of why it is what it is. Um, and so he applied that to a couple different things. One, one was the like both topics that we've talked about recently, like Twitter and FTX, basically like Twitter in the sense of like assuming something is simpler than it is before jumping into it. Um, and FTX as in, as being something that investors not like assuming good intent where it's, it doesn't exist or, or where like, um, where like the indicators of thinking things through completely just were not there like uh and sam bankman freed basically being unapologetically like move fast and break things i don't care about like the foundational things and even 
like a quote about him saying like all books are a waste of time like <laughs> everything should be a blog post yeah, and, like I... a bunch of stuff like that which are real indicators that someone hasn't doesn't think deeply they just move fast you know yeah i think that was the comment uh, that was who came immediately to mind when i thought of the um altruism versus naked yeah so altruism is out naked greed is right i think i know who's driving that trend (laughs) yeah yeah so i i think if anyone's interested in in stuff like that i think i i i like the mindscape podcast i think sean carroll is a good um makes those points in a good way um and being in technology i think i most of what I consume is from the people that err on the side of like moving fast and breaking things and may like, and I like, I appreciate those voices who think more deeply on topics. So yeah, just a recommendation there. Well, it's good to balance out your thinking on different things and to realize how your the people around you and your people in your profession err and try to balance it with something else. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so for our main topic, we wanted to t- talk, and this is a little bit revisiting because we have already mentioned this Will Robots Take My Job website and the general topic of like, where is AI and automation replacing jobs? Um, so this is a bit of more of a deep dive, though, I think probably than we did before. And I, I think, I feel like my thinking on this has been refined a little bit over time so i think it's i I, i'm excited to jump back into this um so you had posted uh maybe we'll start off by looking at our individual career paths and whether whether we've chosen well or not (laughs) according to fun to according to (laughs) will robots take my job Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah i was a little so you have posted that yours would like the closest fit would be social and community service managers. I think yeah. so. I was searching for anything in like nonprofit management, nonprofit, whatever. Right. That's just as close as I could possibly get to it. It airs like pretty human. Yeah. <laughs> so in that case, the automation risk is pretty low. Yeah. Um, so you're at 8% and we'll look at mine later because I'm way higher. <laughs> um yeah, and I the other thing too is kind of confusing is like the, the I maybe wanted to put um, my, my actual like job qualification is a policy analyst yeah. and I googled it and they don't have policy analyst in there. The only one is climate change policy analyst. So they don't have public servant in there. Uh, so I, I was like, maybe I'm just entering the wrong search right. criteria. But um, either way, it looks like, you know, because of the human aspect, yeah. it it airs pretty low in the, but it would capture things that are like not at all related to my job. So, um, yeah. So I, I think this is interesting. Like I think one of the nuances of this is like uh, I think I had mentioned this when we originally looked at this website. I think there's. Um, I think there's a couple things going on that I don't entirely agree with with how this website works is that like that it assumes the entire job needs to be automated for it to be an automation risk. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think that's one case where there's probably a good chunk of a lot of what 
everyone does in their job that is a much higher risk and maybe a much smaller slice that's not particularly risky, um, which, which basically means that our jobs will be transformed and people may hire less because they can automate pieces of what their new work workforce needs to do. Does that make sense to you? Like, is that um, fair? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think we'll dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. So so yours, like the, the two very important ones were assisting and caring for others and social perceptiveness. And I think those are definitely um, things that AI is bad at. Just one structurally because people don't feel comfortable with interacting with AI in a um, in a caring sort of reciprocal way, which we've talked about going into more in depth. Uh, but also that social perceptiveness is also like something that people don't are not comfortable interacting with AI in that way, which I think I think will change somewhat in the coming years um mm -hmm. yeah and then the other quite important ones are originality negotiation and persuasion all of which i definitely see <laughs> that ai is not good at but i think those all of these things can kind of be bucketed into what people require like mechanically sort of <laughs> in like um, say, negotiating, researching, doing whatever it is, like those things can be augmented probably by AI. Um, and so that human aspect is kind of a small sliver on top of that. Um, and, and it's similar, similar with my job. I think, I think there, there is that sliver of like human interaction, human uh, empathy that will be there for much longer than the whole mountain of mechanical tasks that re are required to complete that job. Yeah. It's interesting to thinking about working for a nonprofit organization too, because that's kind of where I found myself after I did my policy degrees working for nonprofits. And I, I think that, um, the, the risk of automation, <laughs> like it ends up kind of being a good thing because getting this nonprofits is a pretty strapped industry, I guess, if you can call it that. Um, we want to offer as many services to as many people who need those services for the least cost possible. Right. So in the sense that like nonprofits could do a lot more than they're doing right now if they had the capacity to do so. So if somebody was giving them more money or it just cost them less to offer those services, that's a really good thing. Right. So I think that it's a, like potential there, although it is, you know, I think some people working in nonprofits then would have that obvious kind of, you know, immediate feeling of um, if it loses the human component, then maybe it ceases to be valuable to people. Like if we're talking about, you know, um, <laughs> you know, big topics like homelessness or child welfare or, you know, things like that, that we need to care for people. Um, if robots are caring for people, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, what are we doing as a society? Um, it, it's a bit of a tough question. Um, but if it can assist people to do more caring work, um, then that is a good thing, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. So the, the example that's fresh in my mind that I the analogy I was thinking about 
just yesterday because I was sitting in the passport office. <laughs> um, get, getting a child's passport for my daughters is difficult, <laughs> but not yes. like there. there's a very small slice of human interaction that's required there. And a, a mountain, not a mountain, it's not that complicated, but it's enough. Like these are the documents required. These are the signatures. This is all the stuff. And if there was a way to automate most of that, it would reduce the burden hugely. Like sitting in the passport office, there's hundreds of people in there just sitting, waiting, and then going into talking. And probably like me, being their third time there, you know, with with finally the correct documents, you know, like it's like yeah. um, if those requirements could be met by um like not even ai and not even but better information systems to basically like to drill down uh, like this is your circumstance this these are the documents you need for your circumstance cuz the the documentation is is there but it is hard to uh know how it applies to you yeah, the government is like the ultimate lagging indicator <laughs> in how well we're doing in like information system yes. and tech adoption. Like, yeah. um, so I'm not sure how anyone could make that better, but I would certainly encourage, and I just hope that as the rest of um, society does more adoption of technology and test things to the degree to which government is comfortable with it, that they will actually end up adopting things that are um, better. Maybe there's some really great tech adoption in government that I just am not seeing, but I've just, the ones that get the bad press are so obvious, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. So okay, well, let's leave government behind okay. here. Did you want to talk about your job anymore or do you want to? Um... So I just want to find, I know there is, so I, I've linked to computer programmer, but I think web developer might be better um, in terms of my yeah, I'll, I'll link web developer in the notes, actually, because I think so computer programmer is a higher risk, uh, but I think web developer is probably more accurate. Um, so in web developer, similar to computer programmer, there's like a much higher automation risk, 39% for web developer and 52% for computer programmer. Um, and I think so like the the I think the issue here is similar in that like there's a lot of mechanical components to what I do on a daily basis that I think are imminently replaceable like um there there are like cuz there's for one it's like AI AI and any development definitely skews towards tech just because that's where it's coming out of, I think. Like people are like a developer is building this AI and they think about how to apply that to their own um, set of challenges. So like um, there and there are a lot of databases and like shared data on what the requirements are for like writing good code, writing tests. And so like we have things uh, like in last year, they released GitHub Copilot, which I'll go into just a little bit to, to set the context for that. And what Copilot does is like, for years there's been like autocomplete, 
basically for for writing code and autocomplete basically is pretty rudimentary it just says like oh what does it expect after this text where copilot is that on the next level essentially saying like you can write in general like write a comment like that's generally the kind of thing you want to do and it'll it'll spit out like a full block of code or like a full file basically that it assumes does what you know there's there's always going to be review like you always have to look at it and say okay is that actually what i want but it is shockingly good (laughs) um at at figuring out what the intent is and what you're trying to do so that's one of those pieces that's like this mechanical piece of like actually um taking the problem and putting it into code is rapidly um being replaced it still requires someone that knows what they're doing to actually um sign off on it i guess like you it's almost transforming into becoming a code reviewer for the ai in a sense right it also takes somebody to give the prompt yeah like to understand the problem enough to create the yeah and i think that's where um that's where the progress is going to happen like it's going to get better at um expressing them more in human terms like so that you can basically if a manager or somebody higher level knows what problem they're trying to solve they can probably just prompt it and get out a result that performs well i mean okay that's on the horizon i would say that's that's coming so parts of my job definitely are are automatable but i think it it leads to this question of like um when you take out the the lower levels like a junior software developer or whatever the people that are learning this thing and rely only on the people that uh the higher level people that like it, it creates this vacuum i think that i think um we need to figure out because i'm somewhat more senior so i would be later to go but <laughs> uh it's kind of like uh if you take out the entry level stuff how do you get people that know how how this works right or like train yeah them. how do you, like how do you train the next person to be the manager? yeah because typically that's just through working your way yeah. up yeah so yeah th- th- that's an interesting piece uh or do you give a 22 year old the manager job yeah I, I mean, right? yeah, that, is that how it goes? Or do you just, uh, you know, change your know. training so that the manager in training kind of, um, yeah, no, you know, knows what to look for. There's lots of things. Uh, but I don't want to spend too much time on that because we have quite a bit of notes here. <laughs> um, this is already, I, I early on thought, oh, maybe this should be too far. Yeah, and then, totally. Yeah. Um, so... Actually, one thing that I didn't put in the notes, but that I've actually been thinking a lot about since writing these notes is um, uh, like, I think my notes are probably erring on the side of pessimistic in that like (laughs) all jobs are going away. And I I think an interesting fact that 
I didn't consider is how each uh, technological revolution creates new jobs that you would never have even known would exist. Um, like a web developer means you need the web. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so they're talking, and maybe this is jumping ahead to like the fourth industrial revolution. This is the con. Yeah. So there. this is the concept that like we had. Um, the first revolution was they're saying 1784 steam, water, mechanical production, um, and then two in 1870. So these are kind of like hundred year increments, basically. But I think we're on the verge of the next one. Like um, the third was like IT electronics and automated produ production. Uh, I think we are on the verge of a new one. They call it cyber physical systems, which I think is confusing and weird <laughs> to call it that. But I think it's it's this uh, um, basically like full no human interaction automation of knowledge work rather than physical production work. So like, right. um, so knowledge work. Because yeah. that is that is becoming fully expressed. Yeah. The you know, automation of the physical work. Yeah. Going back to your notes here is the top 10 jobs that are being automated are things that are very like physical repetitive yeah um yeah yeah so i think that next revolution is so automation moves into a new kind yeah. of work so i think like I, I think there's definitely a new revolution on the horizon i i, I don't know about that cyber physical kind of <laughs> categorization of it but i think automating of knowledge work and like um those kind of systems is is a major change in how the economy works but i think like my initial pessimism was probably not taking into account that new jobs i mean i'm kind of extrapolating where maybe i shouldn't be <laughs> but uh my extrapolation is that like there will probably be a boom of new career paths that we don't even we can't even imagine right now because if you think of like being in the pre-industrial revolution and seeing like manufacturing automation would be like terrifying because it's like that's all we do that's our jobs you know they're, they're going away without realizing that there is a next level that these new jobs are um building on top of that revolution yeah. Right. And I kind of think it's not really our job to predict those because I don't think anyone could have reasonably at any point in right. history. It's probably some sort of person with the real foresight to be able to say, well, actually, this is how the future might go. But I think I'm not too worried about like predicting what those jobs are going to be. I mean, you can speculate. Sure. Anyone can do that. But uh, yeah, I had a bit of a like and sort of a walk where I had a thought. I was having a deep yeah, thought about... <laughs> Yeah, a thought, thought walk, walk yeah. if you will. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Um, about knowledge work and about content creation and about like information sharing. So even like what we're doing here on this podcast, this is a highly automatable thing right. uh, to do a bit of research and do a bit of talking and to you know put it online or whatever. And I, I just felt like suddenly I was thinking like we're in the sort of middle of this point where people are sharing information online for other people because it's just 
at a certain point, anything that you could possibly ever want will be created and produced by robots for for you or us to consume. There'll just be like the the consumption production mismatch might get kind of epic. And I'm not really sure what happens then to content sharing, if it just gets super niche or if it's just like... I don't know, you want to listen to something and then there's a podcast created for you. Like, I I don't know, like everyone gets their own personalized podcast or or like, you know, it's kind of like a news feed, but all the articles are written just for you. I, I don't know, like it's and I'm like, where do you, you know, human creators or journalists or whatever fit in to that mix? Um, so I'm not sure at the end of this sort of existential, I was just sort of trying to draw all these things out to their logical conclusion and just see what I could come up with, like what the fragments would leave. And I, I don't know, I have no answers. I just got more questions. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it is a really interesting question because I think there's a component that we miss in that, like in being content consumers. I hope I've missed a component. Well, like I hope. so like, I think... The assumption often is like content consumption is about learning, building, uh, you know, building your knowledge out, like, like consuming. Like, I think we're missing the fact that and why I think podcasts are actually really good is that you get this under undercurrent of like the human resonance, the human concerns below the topics and that. I think maybe okay. we're so, we're hitting that a little bit. Uh, yeah. So this is my thought here, and I've had this thought before. So thank you for bringing this okay. up again. Is that content and information sharing is more about bringing it all back to cir- big circle here connection right. than it is about information? Yeah, I I think so because I don't think I, I think we've actually talked about this before. Like I don't think information or facts convinces people it's it's that uh listening through working through the emotional core undercurrent of the topic you can hear our angst in this conversation this is real human (laughs) yeah and that's what you're hearing yeah and i think like a lot of our information is probably wrong our research is maybe you know like (laughs) i know it it could be like there's we're sure we're not yeah, and even listening to other podcasts and reading articles, you're always looking for that. Like, what's the emotional driver? Uh, why should I care? That those kind of concerns, rather than the the mm-hmm. just the information uh, yeah. presented. So I, I think um, I think those things are much lower risk of being automated, just because I think it does take that human connection. And I don't, I think people will um, become more immune to AI productions, <laughs> like even in creative stuff, like it's like, wow, great, an AI can produce this amazing art. But do, should I even care about that art? Because it's not like a, yeah. an expression of a human. Uh, Nobody felt yeah. anything. Unless the person typing in the prompt really felt something and then it came out in right. there. But it's sort of the... The capturing of the sort of something real, yeah, like an emotional component of something that makes art. I I don't know. I don't I don't totally know about the art generating stuff. I kind of like. Well, on the one hand, it kind of just lets everyone be an artist, which is kind of a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
But I think... Because then people without the skill can express themselves. I think it's nice for people to be able to express themselves. Yeah. But I think there's a direct analogy with photography there in that photography didn't kill painting. It And similar with AI-generated art, it's like a new format of this photography <laughs> or whatever, this like automated, this pr- yeah. easy production yeah. of an image, right? That yeah, exactly. That still won't kill art. It may kill production <laughs> assets, like like when people are <laughs> like producing websites or you mean like graphic, graphic design? design? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of stuff. That's definitely There's at always risk. Winners and losers. <laughs> um, <laughs> In every yeah, every transformation. Yeah, yeah. but it, it kind of removes that barrier between pure art, pure creative human expression, and the mechanical uh, the job of doing that right like where graphic designers are doing a job that's not their ideal because there's not enough appetite for pure art maybe i don't know that's a whole nother topic probably but i think this also leads into what we were talking about for the next topic like that what we're expecting out of ai like is it actually good at some of these things like where um we want like uh, what we want out of human interaction is different than we get probably in the foreseeable future from an ai interaction right yeah so yeah the, the just to sort of tease the topic we hope to speak about next time is i was thinking about um sort of like ai entering into the human social contract right um so what does it, like because we are allowed to exploit ai to any degree that we wish and to not incur a human rights violation. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, what what does that mean about um, how we have relationships with AI? Will that change how we have relationships with other people? I don't think so. But will we become sort of like using these, you know, sort of like tools as just tools? And then I hope using tools as tools will allow us to then treat humans more like humans because there's a lot of ways we're not treating humans like very good humans, like uh, around the world and in different contexts and stuff. So, um, but I I thought it would be good to be talking about sort of like forming relationships with humans, forming relationships with robots, robots forming relationships with other robots. I don't know. I don't want to get too weird. (laughs) I'm not talking about like romantic, like marrying a robot or something, but like just sort of reciprocity in, you know, give and take. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm yeah, I'm excited to chat about that, and, and we have tons of other notes on this stuff. So, so I think we can probably come back to it. <laughs> I think that, but I think that's good for today. Yeah, I think the question in the middle that we didn't quite get to is, and we we did talk about this, but I I think that there's a whole sort of middle section on um, this, like, um, what is currently being automated yeah. in jobs what does that how has that affected like jobs up until this point and will sort of hollow out different areas or provide potential for future growth yeah um so it's sort of like that part i think we we have more notes yeah that part. yeah we didn't talk too much about job security and that's maybe what people care about most here but uh, to me it's uh, maybe it's 
maybe it's bad, but that's the, the least interesting to me in a sense. Like, I, <laughs> sorry, we don't we, care. If yeah. No, I mean that's 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 a you problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it is a big problem, but I I think the the bigger thing for me is like envisioning what the world will look like when these jobs are automated because I think a big a huge number of them will be and they already are yeah. like people have lost jobs yeah. over the all these industrial revolutions but we found new places for them so yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean on that note I would say that the most a really important quality of the future is um just flexibility yeah and I, I think this is the one thing that I've always felt like I have is the ability to just get into a different line of work and just figure out a way to add some value in whatever that happens to yeah. be um, so unfortunately then I didn't get a specific a very specific profession um, but I think it's being able to to have and hone unique skills that are kind of unique to you yeah. And then just be able to apply those in many different contexts is a way to have more job security. I don't think necessarily like that. That's no perfect plan. Yeah. Um, but sort of honing very specific technical skills that you're really banking on <laughs> and you can't pivot is is a tricky situation to get into. It is. Yeah. Like I think flexibility and mobility are much more um, like key to few like i i shouldn't try to make predictions <laughs> but I my, yeah Sorry. i i would i would agree that the the best uh posture towards the future is that kind of flexibility and mobility like i think it's important to go deep on a few things and be an expert as much as possible on a few things but not to bank everything on the the specific mechanical whatever the the um the implementation of that or whatever it is yeah well here's another prediction here but maybe this is like the complete opposite or pick something like so niche and so unique like construct certain kinds of carpentry that no one else in the world like get a certain set of knowledge like a bit of a throwback knowledge yeah. you know that you that no machine would maybe I don't know does it maybe something so unique to you that maybe you could be like the uniquest person and one yeah. I don't know but I don't know that feels super automatable but yeah I don't know maybe the human component of your brand will override the robots yeah so your story yeah how you forge things <laughs> yeah I agree I don't know don't okay. listen to me I think we could wrap okay. it up there, but we have, uh, yeah, a lot of topics to cover on that. I think there's so much um, potential, I think, for thinking about how the future could unravel. That, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks right. for chatting, Heather. All right. See you see again. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening. To hear all our episodes, search for Human V Robot wherever you find your podcasts.